Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. The Democratic primary race is down to two old white-haired men, so we thought it would be fitting to bring back our dear friend and resident cranky old guy, Patrick Miller. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, Two Pats in a Pod, Volume 2. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a dear friend of the podcast, the cranky old man himself, Pat Miller. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I said cranky old man, and I should have said cranky old guy. Cause... It's okay, you know. It's The deal is is that that's what keeps me cranky, is people can't remember what they're supposed to call me. But I, I'm already cranky because you were referring to the white hair old guy. White-haired old guys. Right. That that's me. <laughs> Speaking of not being able to remember things, Joe Biden had a pretty big Super Tuesday. Yeah. So we're gonna get to that in a bit. Uh, we do want to talk about again. If you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't heard the past episode that we had you on, this is uh, we call these episodes two pats in a pod. Right. And uh, you know we kind of introduced who you were, but again we'll kind of touch on that real quick. Your blog is called CrankyOldGuy.com. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about that real quick. Well, yeah, it's it's actually been relatively inactive for the same reasons that I told everybody to wait until after Super Tuesday. Um, you can you could blog your brains out for a year prior to the event, but cranky old guy is basically just a place to for me to dump, mind dump. To and, rant and Yeah, and it, and it covers all kinds of topics, but politically it's... My background of a marketing guy, you know, for 40 some years and bringing the metrics of what's going on into focus kind of in an unbiased way as much as I can be. So, yeah, there there was really nothing to say until Super Tuesday, quite frankly. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I encourage you if you're listening to this to go back and I think it's episode 46 that we had you on and then you, you were here for the impeachment inquiry right. episode, which really went far, yeah. you know, so, yeah, that so really well. you know, we got a lot to unpack. We're going to talk about the super Tuesday results, basically the primary and a lot of that stuff. And then, and then, you know, we'll get out of here, but thanks. <laughs> th- thanks for coming. Uh, you know, one more thing I wanted to talk about back history is initially when I started the spent the rent podcast, you and I had talked about doing two pats in a pod and then, you know, it became clear that your life was real busy and that it was going to be too much to take on. So I figured, why don't we just do a sub podcast inside of the podcast? So this is kind of a cool thing because it's a way for us to do what we were intending on doing once a quarter or whatever. So this yeah, is beyond the, the getting the haircut part. Right. We always talk about the same stuff anyway. Right. We talk time, about so. the same stuff through text message pretty much every day. So. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, Super Tuesday going into it, Bernie had the lead. Everybody kind of thought. It was a done deal. Not not a done deal, but a lot of people were giving him credit. And I I mean, even 
MSNBC, which was kind of shocking, was like crowning him. Yeah, it was it was a fascinating process. The I, I guess what I'm going to say is this. The polling was definitely headed towards Sanders. And yet it wasn't solid enough in some of the areas that mattered. What really flipped the switch for everybody was was that going into the um, the primary, Joe did the right thing and went to a couple of states that made a huge difference. And then Bernie made a couple of, well, you just have to call them verbal gaffes at the very wrong time and flipped a whole bunch of people that were kind of sitting on the fence. I'm shocked by how many people waited until the last second yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. That's huge. And with the whole field, I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. the the... The, it, one of the things I wrote down is the endorsements, the people that dropped out Buttigieg, mm-hmm. which it's interesting because on this podcast, Buttigieg has got like no coverage. I think I've talked about him for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but he had a huge run, a historic run in a lot of ways for an openly gay man, which he one thing I can say about Buttigieg is he neutralized that really well. Yeah. And the, what I thought about with Buttigieg, this, the parallels, because I've always thought of Buttigieg as the white half of Obama. Mm-hmm. And so he <laughs> That's a little harsh, but go he, ahead. Yeah. He he yeah. basically well, because he has privilege, so he comes from this snarky place. And and no, he did. Oh, I mean in the, I can see the way this is gonna go now. Go ahead. Yeah, so but but he did he did neutralize it really well. Yeah. And then because there's still a lot of people in this country that have a hard time with that concept. And then, you know, make the argument. Think? Yeah, yeah. And then make the argument that you know, is it, is he going to be respected as a world leader? Which I was never a fan of Hillary, but when people made that argument about Hillary being a woman, are world leaders going to respect it? I'm like, no, no, we set the tone. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that that's something we should ever even, it shouldn't even be in the narrative. It shouldn't be. Here, here's the, here's the thing that is happening right now. And, and it's, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I'll come back on this later, but what's happening right now is that unfortunately for the progressive party, which is becoming its own party, let's be honest about it. The progressive side of the Democrat Party, Democratic Party, has really become so extreme in many ways that it doesn't even give a voice to the people in the middle. People, you know, they argued forever. Well, there is no middle. There is no such thing as the middle anymore. Well, there is a middle. Oh, there absolutely is. And and the middle is the people that are still not sure about you know, some of these very should be obvious by now issues like a woman in, you know, as a president, as a gay man, as a president, these kinds of things. It's just exactly like what happened with with Trump, where it gives people credence to come out and actually be the true selves of who they are, you know, to deal with the fears. But what's interesting is that the last thing I wrote on crankyoldguy.com I did not write anything after this article because I wanted to sit and resonate. And this one had to do, the headline was uh, how to win the 2020 presidential election. And it had to do with six states that matter and why Iowa and Hillary don't. And so people went crazy over this because... There's a lot of Hillary fans out there still. Yeah. But this is right after Hillary came out and said, nobody likes Bernie. Nobody can work with Bernie. He doesn't get anything done. Blah, blah, blah. She she comes in and does these strafing runs and then goes away. <clears throat> but anyway, it came down to these six states that didn't matter. 
Iowa being one of them, quite frankly. And so when people say, well, Buttigieg was doing really well, no, he was doing really well in one or two states. Um, Same thing with Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she was on top of the charts in October. She was the presumptive, you know, this, this could be it. And what happened? Well, gee, Iowa happened. And so it, it didn't work because Bernie's group, um, like it or not, we'll get into this more. Bernie's group, like it or not, have become almost Trump-like in the way that they're attacking the world. And there's a ton of articles out this week, including one from Elizabeth Warren, that talk about the tactics that the Bernie organization used to get to the place they got. Unfortunately, a lot of people just presumptively thought, well, this is it. Bernie's got it. He's got this giant coalition. He's got people going for him. This is going to happen. It's over. Joe Biden's a, an old guy who, you know, didn't do well, absolutely did not do well in the debates comparatively until the very last one he needed to do well in. And so everybody kind of took their their foot off the accelerator. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, South Carolina, places like that, there was a ton of people just waiting for their chance to throw the switch. Yeah. And that's what happened. And that that's that's what happened. And so to me it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise. And if you go back and listen to that first podcast we had, um <laughs> I was kind of getting shouted down by James and some of the other people in the room. Um, because I kept saying, no, it's going to come down to six states. It's going to come down to three to 5%. And I'm still saying that. Sure. So, so it's going to be interesting, you know, no matter who the, the elected, um, you know, democratic leader is, it's going to come down to that. It's going to be close. So I want to get back in a bit. I want to talk more about what you had mentioned, the parallels uh, between the base of Trump and the base of Bernie. Yep. So re- let's hold on that. I want to talk about the endorsements first, because with, sure. with Buttigieg and Klobuchar mm-hmm. dropping out, it basically saved Biden and probably saved the moderate, you know, base or, or you know, kind of, it came, it came very late, but there was nowhere they could go. There was nowhere those people could go. They weren't going to endorse Bernie. It wasn't going to happen. They're they're too extremely different in their approaches to solutions, particularly um, Buttigieg, who really has the most moderate, common sense approach to uh, Medicare for all, which is Medicare for all who want it. Yeah. And that, that... It's silly. Well, it's silly and it's not. Here's the deal, is that like it or not, the, the reality of trying to unwind a gigantic industry and the economy and, you know, the way that this, this whole system works in with a flip of a switch is just not sure. going to happen. But don't, I mean, the, the, the arguments against Medicare for all are they're like, well, it's going to cost so much money. So Medicare for all who want it is not cost effective when you get the people that want it are the people that are high risk, low income. No, so it's not then, true. So, so here, here's the thing. Buttigieg's plan, and, and this is the problem, is that most people didn't take the time to look at it and really look at it. They, they did a knee-jerk reaction against, this isn't good enough. The fact is, if you have an option, and it's a true option, that you can, it's like a combination hybrid of Obamacare and Medicare for All, where you have a support system that works for those people that are indigent or don't have the health, you know, don't have money, they can't afford a health plan, here's your option. 
So it's like taking the Oregon health plan and putting it up on steroids. Right. So we it does work. That's the that's the reality is that the plan that the Oregon healthcare has is a Medicare for all. That's just that the boundaries are set too low for a lot of people in the middle. So if you take that, combine it with people that say, hey, I like what my company provides, then you've got a, a, something that is actually workable over the, over the course of a transition. Do we have to end up or should we end up with, with you know, universal health care? Heck yes. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely but, necessary. But it's going to take it, – I won't be here when it happens. Oh, I mean, I'm, I I'm 66 now. It's not going to happen. Not, not with the coronavirus. You're a high-risk <laughs> high individual. <laughs> No, Actually, and we're going to talk not. about that. I mean, the coronavirus, <clears throat> we'll get to at the at the end of this, but that's yeah. that shows how much we need a universal health care system. Well, it shows how much we need a health care system. Sure. It's not driven by, by big government or po- politics. So right. a lot of the problem we have right now is due entirely because of baby Trump unwinding a lot of things that Obama did just out of spite and, you know, and not okay, thinking so about it in, in, in forwardly at all. You mentioned economics and healthcare, And yeah. did you notice that the day after Biden basically had take, took, taken the lead again, that the healthcare stocks skyrocketed, you know, you know, because, because well, and there, the, there's a reason, obviously, again, <clears throat> excuse me. I get old and I get crazy and my throat closes up because I have coronavirus. No, um, <laughs> the fact is, is that once again, I, I, I know you get sick of hearing this, but mostly what I think about in marketing terms is how people react to a perception. And that's what happens is that once you took the foot off the grass with Bernie and the whole healthcare industry could go, phew, we're not going to be disappeared overnight, yeah. even though it wasn't going to happen. They have yeah. more money than they God. don't have the support in the Senate. Exactly. I mean, no, they don't have the support anywhere at this point. But the point being that they have more money to lobby. And uh, let's go back to 2016. The reason I was a huge Bernie supporter in 2016 had nothing to do with universal health care and everything to do with reforming the political process. He wanted term limits, but more importantly, he wanted to get money out of politics. He wanted to eliminate lobbyists, et cetera, et cetera. Those are things I can get behind because those are the steps that need to happen for us to really get anything done. And you don't think that he's doing that this time around? No, he's, you know, he got wrapped up in healthcare for all and a couple of other things that 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 were easier hot buttons. He's not stupid and his people understand what motivates the younger crowd. And lot you know things as as complicated as eliminating lobbying or eliminating, you know, rolling back um a lot of the, the legislation that happened in 96, 97 and 98 during Bill Clinton's era. You have to actually know what's going on. You have to think about it. It's not an easy thing to sell, like, you know, Medicare for all. That was easy. That was an easy thing to go after. So their marketing people understood this is this is the issue. And unfortunately for, for Warren, going into your next topic, she thought that's the issue as well and jumped onto it. And they kind of stripped each other of some power you know, on, on some level. Yeah. But, but hers actually, <laughs> I hate to say this, but, you know, to answer your question, why wasn't more and more so, uh, uh, successful? Part of it was she actually had real plans with real numbers that you had to dive into to see how they worked. And that hasn't really been the case with Bernie's 
situation up to this point. It's he's running on gut and emotion and great big ideas that he he's had for 35 years. He still isn't laying out how does this work? How right. do we make it happen? So just you so know? you don't look like a crazy person, I did ask you the question before we hit record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I'm for sorry any, for anybody. <laughs> For anybody listening, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on today is Warren and how just basically why didn't she do better? I mean, honestly, in the debates, I thought she won every debate that she was in. Hands down. She looked the most presidential of any candidate. Hands down. She has looked the most presidential of any candidate I can remember since Obama. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, there's a lot of people that that are anti-Hillary that just because they're stupid that they literally just see a woman that maybe has a pantsuit and they're like, Oh, she's like Hillary. And it's, she's so incredibly different. Yeah. Now way, way, the way, DNA, way the DNA too. test knocked her down a lot. The, the whole, cause I don't like to call it the Pocahontas thing. Cause I hate, I think it's a slur, but that's what people call it, call her. Yeah. And that hurt her so much. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to share a, something. He won't listen to this podcast, but I'm going to share something that this week, I had one of the most virulent scream fest debates with a friend of mine, very close friend of mine, who is leaning towards stupidity at this point. And when I brought up Warren's name, he said, well, she's dishonest. And I, I said, what yeah. are you talking? Dishonest? What do you mean? Well, here's the three points. And she said, he, he said the Pocahontas thing. He said, um, oh, the, the, saying that her children were in um, public school. That's when they they dive on. And the fact is, is that one was in public school, one was in public school up until fifth grade, but then he he, uh, he or she went to private school after that. Oh, he's you know, dishonest, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I can go on and on with this whole thing. The, the standard that they hold somebody like Elizabeth Warren to compared to Trump, are you kidding oh, me? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, on any given... 20 minutes of Trump, there's more lies and more craziness and more insanity that is self-serving and insane than anything that they tried to nail Elizabeth Warren Well, and then on. they talk about, like, I think a lot of people had it in their head that she's the, the least electable against Trump. And then you see how she dismantled Bloomberg. Yeah, well, I would love, here's the thing, I would have paid any kind of money Me too. to watch her debate any of those clowns. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she... She, I mean, she literally wasn't just, it wasn't even close how much she dominated those debates. Well, she, I'm just going to go one step further. Bernie got a free pass. If, if she had decided that she was going to go after Bernie the way she went after Bloomberg, yeah, well, she, holy moly. And that's fair. But what she attempted, <clears throat> and this is another one of her gaffes. She attempted to, to say that Bernie had made a backhanded comment about how a woman the country wasn't ready for a woman president. Yeah. Never was it said that he didn't think that there should be a woman president. It was that the country is not ready. Well, you know what, Elizabeth Warren, that fact was proven. Yeah. And well, as much well, as it's wrong, it's still a fact. But here, here, here's the reality. When you go from saying he didn't say it, which is what the whole kerfluffle became with the two of them. When he, when she said, you said it, and he said, I didn't say it, and then it proved that he did say it. It's one of those things where, again, 
This is where I'm going to go back to to my real villain in this story, and it's the DNC. Absolutely. I mean, twelve debates. Good God, what what is anybody going to do after even six debates? You have to shred one another. Yeah, I think the what, town halls are better. Oh, all of yeah, this is so horrible, and so allowing CNN and MSNBC and all these people to do these debates, <clears throat> and then. And the free-for-all that was with CBS, this last one. I mean, you're in a situation where you can't help but just let this thing go completely batshit crazy, which is where we are. If they want to make it a sporting event, what they should do is they should do seeds. Exactly. They should have the 16 seed (laughs) versus the one seed. Because then Biden would have been done. Well, then we wouldn't have to deal with Tulsi Gabbard either. No, Tulsi Gabbard would have beat Biden. (laughs) Yeah. And then you'd move into more of a, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's... Again, this isn't this isn't supposed to be that's that. a, 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 a sport, and that's that's exactly the way this stuff frames up. The DNC looks at it that way for fundraising, and don't even get me started on how much money's already been spent—absolutely oh wasted. Um, but but they also love the ratings, they love the connection, they love all this stuff, and it's so backwards to what we really need. But it's again, this is old man talk. And you know, Iowa, obviously, the DNC shit the bet on that and then i'm going yeah. to talk to to next week i'm going to have james barber on and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about his canvassing for bernie mm-hmm. which is going to be timely because bernie what is this week's michigan you know mm-hmm. and I, james has been in iowa he's been in nevada and he's been in california mm-hmm. and he's going to talk about all that work i think that's going to be really interesting to hear yeah i, I think that, that i think what you're going to find out <sighs> i mean I, I i that's the heavy sigh of an old guy that says Man, I really like Bernie. I really do. I canvass for him myself. I know that this guy's passionate about all of it. Um, at some point, we're going to have to coalesce, and and it's not it's not that point yet. No, but we have four. Basically, this is going to be done, done, done by a month from now, April tenth, I think. I, I I brought my notes. The um, I'm trying to look at when the Florida. Uh, one is Florida. Florida's primary is going to be a, a huge, huge win for Biden yeah. for some of the stuff that happened this last week. That's a gigantic get in regards to delegates. And we can talk about that, the Castro comments. The one thing I want to say, though, is the scheduling that I did for these two episodes with mm-hmm. you and then James mm-hmm. was kind of by design so that this is the cranky old guy episode. And then next week is going to be a little bit more about some optimism. Because one thing that James, <laughs> and, and then, James... And then two weeks later, you'll have us back to wrestle. Is that's that fine. <laughs> no, but James James is very dedicated to what he's doing. Yes. To, and James is optimistic as well, mm-hmm. still, and about Bernie. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's time for us to stop fighting and organizing so that if you do want your candidate, either Biden or Bernie, to get the nomination, then instead of arguing with the people on the other side, you should motivate the people that agree to get out and vote. Absolutely. Because the turnout is the issue. Well, and let's let's dive into a couple pieces of, of information about Biden and this this victory that is really important. And I'm going to pull up the state of Virginia. That is a state he was not expected to win, number one. Or it wasn't supposed to be close if he was going to win it. Number two, the turnout was supposed to be mediocre to, to blah. 
it ended up being a huge record turnout. Twice the number of people came out for this. this well, and they're turning out for a lot of reasons because. But, well, um, they are. And, and let me let me finish <clears throat> the coalition building part. The part that I was excited about wasn't that he got the black vote. We knew that was going to happen. Um, it wasn't that a lot of the youth vote turned out and, and it was a, you know, the, they voted overwhelmingly for Bernie. Uh, the youth did everybody else was pretty much Biden. And I mean, everybody else, but the thing that I found most interesting because it's an open election there is a ton of Republicans voted for, for Biden. And, and it was not, it wasn't what you think it is. These were people that in exit polls said flat out, look, I've had it with this guy. I don't like Trump. I can't support him. I think we need to talk about what's happened in Virginia in the in the eighteen election. That the whole swing, the whole state, state legislators went Mm -hmm. went blue, Mm -hmm. and that people were and and is that in your opinion a reflection of the disdain for Trump? Absolutely. This is the most college educated group. Uh, This those types of states have more college educated voters. They have older voters. They have more sophisticated voters. If you want to go with that. I don't. I know actually. you don't, but but the reality is, um, I mean, they've been they've been voting longer. Let's put it that way. They're more experienced. The, the bottom line is this: so they're coronavirus. They, they, yeah, yeah. They, anyway, they're anyway. Can, they, they have to vote before the coronavirus gets them. Yeah. No, the reality is, there are a ton of moderates out there on both sides of the coin that have had it with Trump. Yeah. And this is our target. I mean, I'm going to keep I'll keep beating this thing to death until people listen to me. Three to six percent in six states. Yeah. And I period. Will, I'm going to admit it. Honestly, yeah. I think that Biden has the best chance to win. To well, beat Trump as of today. Yeah. As well, of let, today. let me look at one. I, I want to just remind people just just so that we can we can get this and put it away. So the, the states coming up that haven't voted yet is North Carolina or no, North Carolina voted and they did, you know, we know the story there. Yeah, yeah. Michigan comes up on Tuesday. That's a big one. That's got a lot of votes. Again, Biden is looking good there. Florida is huge. That's on the 17th. That's overwhelmingly Biden. Yeah. Because- Ohio, they aren't polling right now. Interestingly enough, the place that I use a lot for kind of a comparison metric, uh, real clear politics, because they they lean right, which is why I look at them. Sure. They lean right, but they do tons of amalgamated polls. In Ohio, they're not really polling yet, but it's looking again like Biden. Wisconsin is looking like Biden. Pennsylvania, they're not polling yet. Those are the states that we have to win in the general election to beat Trump. I'll just, I'm going to put those out. I'll tattoo them on my forehead. Those are the states. We can't beat Trump unless we get the majority of those states handily. So Florida, okay, so Bernie Sanders had made some comments. We need to talk about it. Okay, that, sure. that Bernie Sanders had made some comments about Castro saying mm-hmm. that, you know, he's an evil dictator, but he's mm-hmm. done good things for literacy and for healthcare yep. in his country. Yep. And Both true facts. Yeah, yeah. facts. Yeah. So the backlash, I mean, Obama had made the same comments, basically, roughly. Not the same comments, but anyway, here's the, here's the difference. The the Bernie Bernie folks now are saying Obama said it. Obama did not say it in that respect. Obama said these as reasons why we open up the travel okay. in, in in Cuba. He was trying to 
put forth an agenda to open up travel and and lift embargoes against Cuba. He was trying to lift sure. the embargoes. It was not popular, clearly, because he couldn't get it done for the exact reason that that Bernie's going to get fried or got fried on the. Continent. And this is killing Bernie in Florida. Well, here's the deal. <clears throat> this is an interesting thing. My mom, my lovely 88 year old mom is a Bill Clinton supporter, a Pete Rose supporter, and, you know, uh, loves Obama to death, right? Well, the deal Pete Rose, like a yeah, baseball this, player? Yeah, she's, she picks these guys that she that are unrepentant sinners, if you want to call it that. I don't know why Pete Rose. I mean, anyway, that's... Anyway, awesome, it's a whole different yeah. conversation. Anyway, the bottom line is this. It's how you approach a, a gaffe. And that's the thing with Bernie. He is incapable of saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I really meant to say he had four different opportunities after the original gaffe to walk it back. Yeah. And he didn't. Here's the thing, though. It's tough because there's. OK, so when you're in the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. you have to fight against the Republicans and the Democrats because as a Republican, you just have to fight against the Democrats. Because you well, don't, no. you don't there, there's apologize. A, there's a moderate. There is a moderate factor of you the said, Republicans, but not like this. Not like this, this is so divided. Because yes. it's so divided. And yep. I made a post today on Facebook where I said, I, I kind of already mentioned it earlier, where I said, you know, we need to, y'all need to stop fighting and motivate the people that agree with you to turn out and vote. Absolutely. You know? But yeah. with with Bernie, apologizing doesn't get you anywhere anymore in the big scheme of things. Well, now, it would shock people. I got news for yeah. you. Unfortunately, what happened in the last 48 hours is like four articles that came out about former Bernie uh, campaign workers who wouldn't come back for this this uh, run yeah. because there was X, Y, Z that happened. I mean, these are the kinds of things that... But these are the stories that are being peddled. No, I totally get you it. Know? I totally get it. And and, I, and there's stories that get peddled all over the place and there's Joe's groping and there's all of his... No, but th- you know, this is the difference, okay? Mm-hmm. So Trump and Biden... Biden, okay, those two people, there's I, you can eye test how terrible they are. <laughs> so you can see Biden's groping. You can use your own eyes. You don't need a narrative to be like thrown to you constantly. You can yeah, see it yourself okay, no, so, to so, a lot of people. Hear me out to a uh, lot of people. They, they see it. You don't need, yeah. all you need is a photo Yeah, is all you need. I yeah. mean, Bernie got, got slammed for touching Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for touching her arm. Right. You know, Biden is sniffing people's hair. Yeah. Right. right. So it's the eye test. Now, Bernie, there's these stories nonstop about how how much of a you know communist basically he is. And so he has to combat it constantly. So essentially to deflect it, to to make a to explain it every single time is impossible because it's constantly coming at him. So he ignores it. A lot of the time. And yes, there's ways he needs to handle it better. Same thing with Trump with Biden, though. There's so many eye test things. You don't need the narrative. Yeah, here, here's the deal is that the Biden stuff with the touching and the groping and the whatever is to and me. And the jello pudding. Yeah, and the, yeah, we just turned to Bill Cosby. Great example. Um, no, the problem I have is that obviously I'm a very touchy person. I have five daughters. I, all the, I mean, this goes on and on and on. I am a Joe Biden. I am an Uncle Joe type of person in regards to my demonstrative way I communicate with my hands to people. I'm a handshake, you know, backslap kind of person. I've had to really adjust. It's been hard for me to completely change the way I, I greet people, say hello to people, get to know people, whatever. I get that with Biden. 
it is it is not a character flaw it's a habit okay so let's, let's leave it at that politically which is what should matter at this point his politics being what they are today not in 1985 not in whatever because if we get into that tit for tat bernie loses that one big okay time. so his yeah. politics today that marijuana is a gateway drug i mean yeah it's it's that's gonna be something he has to deal with yeah i mean i understand what you're saying yeah the anita yeah. hill anita hill you know, and that's let's, how let's, many years ago. I understand, is that? but let's just say for women, this matters. You know, like okay, 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 but look, I can then say Bernie voted against gun bills twice because it served him well in re-election purposes. Two times he he voted against critical gun bills. But how is I mean the gun argument's a whole different issue because that's not politically popular for a lot of people. It's, it's still it's, not. it's an issue. It's yeah. an issue that should be ad- addressed. It should be, sure. it should be at the top of the, the, the charts. Yeah, and that's, a, that's so again. A, so again, what we can do is a tit for tat. You, if, to go back to your conversation of uh, or your initial point of saying we need to come together and go after Trump. Hell yes. Yeah. Let's stop going after things that happened in 1985 for either of these people. That's uh, a deal breaker too. So people always say, oh, you know, the progressives need to come to the. T- to the middle or whatever they need to listen Mm -hmm. but for a lot of women like if you're an elizabeth warren supporter for example Mm -hmm. i have a lot of friends and women that are were big elizabeth warren fans Mm -hmm. the anita hill thing even if it was 1985 is an absolute deal breaker and can you explain to what happened with anita hill i can't explain anything except that he was on the policy or he was on the the committee clarence thomas he was on the committee that was that was going through that process I don't know what he was thinking, where he was in that in that era. I have no idea. Basically, she was, she had claims of sexual harassment, right, and right, 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 against Clarence Thomas, who is a sitting judge, right now. And so this was Joe, during his during his, his uh, confirmation yes, hearings. Exactly. And so Joe Biden essentially was giving her the onus to prove it. Like you need to make it. Like what? Do, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the clips, and I encourage anybody listening to go check it. Well, out. Well, yeah, you can you can do more than watch clips. You can you can go look at the transcripts, and and unfortunately, for Joe Biden, and unfortunately for the United States, at that point, he decided to become um, like a more of an interrogator than yes. someone who was in, who was supporting a victim. Yeah, I mean, again. This is I mean, issue. this is something that should have been adjudicated in court and not and not in a hearing thing. Because again, how did he do the rest of the time, including subsequent hearings? He he learned from that. That's the difference. Here, here's what I will say: Joe Biden has, and I'm not God. I'm not a giant Joe fan. It what sure I, sounds like no. It. What I am <laughs> is I'm trying. I'm trying to establish why we need to stop going back to 1985 for either of these guys. It's a concession. I understand. Yeah, you yeah. want to support him because you want to beat Trump. Is, is, no. If it gets there. No, I, mean, I don't like the process. I don't like the fact that we're talking about 1985. Sure. The only good news is, is that un, uh, unlike a Pete Buttigieg versus Biden or a Pete Buttigieg versus Bernie, we have 40 years of history to pull from here. And so if you want to go toe-to-toe with what people have accomplished in 40 years, Bernie loses big time on that one. So it's 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 a thing where 
however you want to take that concession, however you want to take that information and, and put it into your into your box <clears throat> and decide whether you can or cannot support the person. I would say this to every Warren supporter, every Bernie supporter, every Bi- whoever ends up with this, because it's not over yet. We have to support the Democrat, yeah. period. Yeah. We can't stand on the sidelines. We can't, I'm not voting. This is the thing that terrifies me, the vitriol that happened immediately after Super Tuesday from my good Bernie friends. I have several friends that are hardcore Bernieites that absolutely attacked me because I didn't join their team on being completely, ah, it's a fix. Well, it's, it's not all... effective. And I've done the same thing. I've, pre- yeah. I've, I've stayed pretty quiet on it because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I'm still in the Bernie camp. But the reality is, is I've already made my decision that that we have to support the candidate. If Bernie gets it, you bet your butt I'm going to campaign the crap oh, out for of sure. it. Yeah. And I mean, I and, and I'll help him walk back the Castro thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's again, he has 40 years of saying the exact same things. Th- this is public record. Nothing has changed for Bernie in 40 years. That That's probably his greatest asset to some and weakness and his biggest weakness because he hasn't accomplished anything and then not being able to accomplish things the downside is is that you don't have the support in the senate and the congress right and that's the issue that right. that as much or as the I, lobbyists or the blah 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 right. yeah and so i mean and like you were saying about 16 with bernie that there was this kind of chance at changing the system yes is what it felt like and so today we feel like Okay, it's broken. It's not gonna change, and so people are people are apathetic. I mean, not that it's not yeah. ever gonna change. No, no, I understand that, and you sh- you can feel that way because what happened in sixteen is abhorrent. Period. Because this guy was coming out about change in the system, you know, getting money out of politics, getting all this stuff. I mean, really, things that you could get behind with any common sense at all, and then. The, the whole thing got derailed by a theft by Hillary Clinton. I was just going to say. It was ab- abhorrent. I was just going to say, because oh. this is the problem. So your friends, to defend your friends, even though I don't even know what they said. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. They just hate me. <laughs> it, is, it is a valid argument that Bernie supporters have that the DNC is the issue, though. And so, yes. Not this time. I di- there's a huge difference this time. Okay. The only reason that I think it's, this, it's different okay. is because... The coalition building that the Biden camp has gotten by the endorsements of Klobuchar, of Buttigieg, has been fair, has been democratic, has been democratic in the way that they stepped back. And now Bloomberg, yeah. And Bloomberg can fuck off. But, (laughs) but, uh, how do you really feel? So, so, and I'm going to give credit to Elizabeth Warren for the rest of my life for how much she annihilated. Yeah, and I totally agree. But, anyways, so the coalition building. You know, inside of the party yeah. and done de- democratically, you have to give credit. So you cannot complain this. Not you, but like people can't complain the same way they could in 16. No, yes. Here, here's the deal in 16. And I've already told this story before on this podcast, but I'll say it again. In 16, the machine, the Clinton machine was so into the DNC that they bought off Donna Brazil. They they were feeding Bernie's campaign bad data on the van projects that, that allows you to know who's voted when you're out canvassing, those kinds of things. It was the worst. It was as Trumpian a move as anything you could ever imagine. I absolutely despise the Clintons for that reason. They, they are just... 
They're horrible human beings that went in and, and rigged the system. And then her hubris lost us that election. Absolutely. Period. Well, and people that you talk about, people that are in Virginia, for example, that have yeah. a disdain for Trump, they hate the DNC more a lot of times. At least maybe not Virginia specifically, but in general. The I mean Yeah, but here's the thing. So the way you fix the DNC is from inside. And so you don't stand on the corners and say, We got gypped, we got rooked, blah, blah, blah. What you say is our guy's going to win anyway because we're going to expose you and we're going to expose you early like we're starting to do now. And the whole thing with, with Iowa was great. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was a good thing to have happen because we go, oh, this is what happens when the DNC touches something. All that and all Iowa really, all Iowa really hurt, in my opinion, was the media because it, they wanted those those ratings to be so golden that night because it's like a sporting event, you know? So, I mean, cause reality is, is that we weren't going to know until April who the candidate was regardless so that we didn't get the results yeah. right at 8 PM is the issue. I no, mean, no. The on. real deal was they went in at the last second and, and juried it all up with their system and yeah. their program and their software that Buttigieg that, funded. Well, it doesn't No, Now you're going completely. Into well, conspiracy. Buttigieg, he, no. he had, he had like $5,000 in it or something. Thing. Come on. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In this world, yeah. yeah no. That's like that's like a that's sneeze. More, that's more money than than Biden spent in California. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's even more amazing. And that's something that that frankly, if Bernie wants to be afraid of anything, that's what he should yeah. be afraid that of. Biden? Is is that he did this huge turnaround with virtually no money and this is totally a, a weird segue but biden won minnesota and massachusetts and got real close in california i mean initially it was looking like bernie was going to get all 400 delegates yeah and he spent no money in those states and yeah. i mean it's just no I, I did a, I, <laughs> I did a facebook post that most people didn't get it went over their heads but i did a a return on investment for california and Bernie spent like, I think it was $7,800 or something. Maybe it was even more per delegate that he won. But, you know, uh, Bloomberg spent. Bloomberg you know, can fuck off. <laughs> no, but he spent like a half yeah. a million dollars and got zero. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Biden ended up with a huge number of delegates and it worked out to something like $7 per delegate. Wow. So it was like, oh, OK, well, that was a good deal. You know, Bloomberg, that worked out man. really well. Bloomberg just, what a sh what a terrible campaign. That was the worst I've ever seen. And well, it's crazy. about hubris. <laughs> it's crazy because he had so many commercials and, and I mean, I, I was inundated with him. I don't get the text messages, which is good. But Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that Bloomberg believed the... The patter and the garbage coming out of the DNC and the media that Joe was over. That that's really what it was. He saw an opportunity like a, a businessman does. He saw an opportunity. He's like Potter who goes in and buys when everybody else is panicking. He like came in and said, you know what? Biden's not doing well. I have a shot here to win if I go out and spend a gazillion dollars. Yeah. I don't have the time to actually canvas or do the right thing. No, he's an awful human being. I, I hate how it worked out because as a Bernie supporter, I thought that the Bloomberg thing started to look like it was going to backfire for the DNC because it made people 
angry that they were trying to buy the election, essentially, because they even let him in, change the rules and all that stuff. Everybody was angry by it. Well, yeah. That's the thing. It's but hilarious. It, and it essentially has probably worked in, into the DNC's advantage because they, they've already chosen Biden to be the candidate. It's not over yet. We'll see what James has to say next week because he is still very Yeah, no, I, again, I here's... I know people think I'm crazy at this point, particularly after what I just said about 2016. But I think that the DNC has been neutered by this process big time. I don't think they have any validity. I don't think people give them any credit. I don't think people are going for Biden because of the DNC or what the DNC is doing. I think the DNC is so completely inept, as they've proven now in Iowa and other places, they can't get anything done that they think they want to do. So whether they're supporting Biden or not doesn't matter. The elite, if you want to call it the elite, the old guard, yeah, they're Biden supporters because they don't like quick change. But again, even there, it's like, you know, like like James Carvel, great example of a raving lunatic that should be put away. He should literally be taken outside and shot. Well, I don't, (laughs) I'm not going to go that far because I'm not into gun violence. I'm not serious, but. But no, but he should, he and the Clintons should be put off in an island somewhere. But yeah, where I am is. Those guys are so completely transparent about wanting to keep their jobs and keep everything just the way it's always been that it's it's it really has lost its its flavor. People don't care. The moderates don't care. No one's listening to them no. except for the 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 idiots that give them time on MSNBC. No, you know, and, that, so. and you know, we talked about it. And never came back to it. The the base of Bernie and the base of Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, people are are acting like. Oh, the base is so brutal for Bernie. Well, it's working pretty well for Trump. I mean, we'll see in the election. Because what you what you hope, though. Here, here's my concern. I'm more left leaning. I, I don't even claim the Democratic Party at this point. I, I'm registered Democrat, so I can vote. But those of us that that have more of a progressive attitude and and want change and see social change and marched for civil rights and marched for women's rights and did these things as we were growing up, we want to believe the world is better than the hardcore nastiness from both of these sides. We are better than that. There's a lot of people in the Bernie camp, though, that are logical people. No, no, I think James Barber is a great example of of a really, really intelligent guy that has great aspirations. And, and, you know, I would love a world that James Barber created. I mean, quite frankly, I I think that, that that's what we all kind of motivate or move toward is those kind of idealistic kinds of things. Unfortunately, how do you get it done always seems to be the stumbling block. So you'd mentioned something very, very important about registering with a party. And I want to talk about this clearly. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like the Democratic Party, I'm a registered independent. It's very important that you know that in Oregon, you must be registered with a party if you're going to vote for a candidate for president in the primary. The primary is in April, or no, is in May. And you must be registered by, I think, April 16th. Do it today if you're listening to this. Yep. And double check. So just go re-register at your current address because it's a mail-in ballot with the party. And if you want to vote for Bernie or you want to vote for Biden or you want to vote for Tulsi Gabbard, <laughs> then then you need to... <laughs> I always like the way you inject humor into this. Then you need to 
register as a Democrat because that's the only way you can vote. And, right. and so a lot of people, especially young people, they're very hesitant to this. They're like, I hate the Democratic Party. And I'm like, well, so do I. Yeah, so do I. But you have yeah. to register as a party. I always leave mine registered as a Democrat because that's the people that I want to pick. I can vote. I mean, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. This is an interesting conversation. So, so when I pull up again, Real Clear Politics is a great resource for all kinds of weird data and as i've said now a thousand times i'm a data-driven kind of guy that yeah. that's i that's how i w roll with all these things but if you look forward to the state to, to the uh, elections coming up a bunch of these are open uh primaries which means if you're a republican you can vote for a democrat etc etc i think yeah well, i think they should all be open i don't i don't like the two-party system at all Unfortunately, let's see, if I'm looking ahead, uh, nothing huge is open until you get to, uh, Florida is closed, Illinois is open, Ohio is open, that's a huge one. So again, those are those places you want to look and see who picks up the swing vote, because that's where the swing vote shows up. It doesn't show up in a closed close election but a swing vote will show up that's going to give you an idea of what the general election and that'll could be good like. because as yeah. of right now everybody's like oh my god biden's killing it and the reality is is a lot of the states that he won mm -hmm. are going to go red yep. so it doesn't matter well let's go back to the six states this is why i keep trying to beat no, this I to death I get is it. that for the most part historically all the other 44 states, plus Guam and whatever, all vote exactly the same. Oregon is going to go blue. I don't care who runs. I wonder. I mean, it's. I think it's not. I think it'll go blue, but I think oh. it's. I think there's a lot of motivation from from the timber and from the nah, things. nah. It hasn't even been close. And, and unfortunately, the numbers are. Unfortunately for the Republican Party, is that the numbers are so skewed toward blue in the, in the major metro yeah. areas. And that's really, if you look at a map, that's the fascinating thing. If you look at a map of how people voted in 2016 even, the number of blue areas that are hardcore blue are just nothing but population right. centers. Everything else is red or purple. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy. But again, we have an opportunity to, to see in the primaries coming up what the general election could look that's like. That's what I'm saying, yeah. is, is that we don't yeah. clearly, I mean, I don't think it's time to crown Biden yet. Because no. Because we haven't, he very well could dominate well, in Ohio and Florida and those states. Whoever we'll we see. crown has to beat Trump. And I'm looking at those six states. Sure. How do we do in those six states? Right. What's the voter turnout? That's another thing that you're not. And that's what I, why I want to, again, reiterate, okay. if you're listening and yep. you're registered independent, you need to register with the party. So you just go on vote.org, well, I believe. if you're a young person, for folks, me, cranky old guy with white hair that's voted since I was 18, I'm 66, you need to show up. Yeah. And that's what killed Bernie in this last run. Yeah. The youth vote did not show up. And Oregon's got 74 uh, delegates, I think 60-something pledged. So yeah. it's very, very important for yeah. us. No, it's, I mean, so. we do not want this to go down, quite frankly, to a, you know, a contested convention no. where the super delegates decide it and then everybody's going to say, oh, it was rigged. It was rigged That's what blah, we need blah, more blah. than anything is we need a clear-cut winner. Yep. And, and Bernie, though, give him credit, he literally just said that he will go and support the the winner of the plurality before yep. 
before the uh, convention. When you get to the convention, whoever has the most votes, yep. he said he'll support it. Yep. Has and then, Biden agreed to that? I don't think so. No, he so. has. And then it's it's a it is a I think it's commendable that everything has changed in the last week from both candidates yeah. from where it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. So anyway. So I wanted to talk uh, about coronavirus. About Just coronavirus. <coughs> but I don't think it's necessary. I think we, we don't have a lot of time. I, I, a funny thing was said in the barbershop. It's been a, a common thread. Everyone's talking about the coronavirus. And mm-hmm. Ben Saunders, uh, he's a professor at the university. He teaches comic book studies class, right, which is right, amazing. Right. He's been one of our guests. He said something that just just summed it up perfectly. He said, it's like the world just discovered the existence of germs. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's... Look, here, I'll only give you one anecdote. I have a daughter who is... You know, wildly successful, works for this international eye company. She used to be a, a head buyer, one of the big buyers for Gap. The Illuminati? And, yeah, the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> anyway, she, this company actually, I don't know if people know this, but most eyewear is manufactured in Italy, which is it's something I didn't, I was not aware of until she started working for this company. Anyway, she has to go to Italy. She has to go to New York. She travels all the time. And she came down with symptoms this week that were like, uh-oh, this really sounds like coronavirus. She was freaked out. She had a high temperature. She had a cough. She had um, you know, sore throat the whole bit. So she was, I mean, we were texting back and forth 10,000 times. She tried to go get tested in California. She lives in Sacramento, which is, you know, uh, about four miles away from Travis Air Force Base, which is the, you know, the other hot spot in the country. They would not give her a test. They just said, look, until it stays at above 103 temperature for more than five days, we don't think you have coronavirus. You just have the flu. Yeah. Well, again, the flu has killed now more worldwide 30,000 people, 17,000 people <clears throat> in the United States. Millions and millions of people, tens of millions of people have the flu, the regular flu. The numbers on the coronavirus are so low. Yeah. And the people that have died would have died from the flu. You know, I hate to say this. I, I hate to be that that cut and dry. But if an old person with rep- respiratory problems gets the flu, they're probably going to die. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's the whole thing is silly. But Which, which you know just what? all it does is it hurts <clears throat> Trump's numbers. You oh, know? well, it hurts everything that's, right that's now. The, that's the saddest thing is, is his reaction is, is about like they were talking on the news about... Uh, there's a cruise ship. And he's like, let's keep them on there because I don't want it to hurt my numbers. This well, is why we need to get this asshole out. No, no, absolutely. And in fact, all the experts are saying, heck, get them off of the cruise ship because that's a Petri dish. Yes. Get them over here where they can get the, the help. But yesterday, when they canceled South by Southwest, I was bummed. And then I started reading why. And then my daughter said, well, no, they canceled three you know, seminars. Yeah. Um, I had a they trip. Canceled this and- I had bought tickets. My girlfriend is a data analyst, which mm-hmm. um, you talked about data. She's mm-hmm. all about it. And she, we had a trip planned for her. She had a conference in Washington, DC. We bought our tickets. The next day it was canceled. Yep. yep. And yep. fortunately we bought the insurance. If you're going to travel, always buy the insurance. Now. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. the, the airlines from what I've heard, and this is, just kind of murmurs but like what i've heard is is they're being really good about it right now that they're they're offering i mean we only paid 30 bucks for the insurance and Mm -hmm. and got a refund and that's amazing so you know when you're doing a bigger trip obviously it goes up but i've heard airlines doing a free refund well in this day and age when an extra bag costs 50 dollars, you're an idiot not to spend the 30 to to protect your ticket because travel these days is just you know it's cattle car at best 
So we do got to wrap it up. We're coming up to the hour. Uh, Pat, it's always fun. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing that's fun about two Pats in a pod. You and I think a lot alike, but we have just enough differences. <laughs> it's always interesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, then there's going to be a lot of... A lot of stuff changing as, as it goes on. We'll have you back before this whole thing. Maybe once they've crowned one of these old guys. Yeah, or we get near. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cool. I would love to come back with with you, me, and James yeah, at James some point. Is great. And and I think that it's a uh, that would be an interesting conversation as we get closer to the convention. And James will be back. J- James will be on next week, March fifteenth, uh, talking about canvassing for Bernie. And we'll see where it's at right then. You know, we might know a little more with Michigan and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, James is the head of Oregon Cashflow Pro, which is our title sponsor. OregonCashflowPro.com can give you your money management advice for free. Free videos on YouTube. So go to OregonCashflowPro.com. And then we'll we'll talk to James more next I'm week. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I've been waiting for a while to do this, but for a myriad reasons, I've had to delay launching this thing. But I'm launching and I'm announcing it on your podcast. Ooh. That's right. We are announcing and rolling out next week a new uh, combination website called Shop Local 541. It is not only a way for local merchants to get their information out about what they do. We're trying to support locally owned businesses in the 541 area code. But we're also trying to connect uh, deals and discounts with giving to uh, local service organizations. So we're starting out by tying it in with a local Rotary Club. So if you buy, for instance, a certificate for, um, well, there's one that's going to go up um, for uh, bark dust from Rexius, all right? Well, generally, you'd get a great deal from bark dust from Rexius. Well, all of the money for that will go to Southtown Rotary Club's work that they do locally for homeless. So you're getting a double whammy. You get to discount. You get the the good feeling of doing something good with the money. And the people that donate this stuff, and there's loads and loads of businesses that donate regularly all these kinds of, of, of situations, they actually get some credit. So they get to, to have a, you know, a, a mini website with information about their company and everything else. So watch for that. Shoplocal541.com. And by the time you go with James uh, on the next, we'll actually have an ad. I will be sponsoring oh, yeah. your webcast at so, that point. So, you know, and as soon as that's all up and running, we're going to get you back on to talk about it. Even if it's a short little clip. No, it's, it's okay. Because that is a partnership we've been talking about that uh, Shop Local Shop Local 541. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Shop Local 541 is going to be one of the new sponsors for the podcast, which anytime we get sponsors for the podcast, it's incredible. Uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes of how you can become a sponsor. Really what you can do is you can go to strpod.com slash sponsors and you can become an individual sponsor with like a cheap, a low monthly donation, get your picture on the website. I would really appreciate it. Another thing that you can do is just follow the Facebook page and the Instagram page for spent the rent podcast. Cause that's where you're going to get updated on all the new stuff that we're doing. And this is a real treat to, to continue to do. And the guests that we have, I've got some really awesome ones coming up. I've got, Mr. Ulala, a local guy who is a wrestling promoter. So we're going to do some fun <laughs> ones, take a step back from the politics. He, no, no, he may be really helpful yeah. when we get closer to the convention. Yes. We could have a you know, stage wrestling, of wrestling right. event. And well, I'll make sure to talk to him about that. And then I also do have a great one because I live in Springfield and I'm going to have uh, Chris Wig, who is on the city council for Springfield. And we're going to talk about what Springfield has done 
to turn it around, you know, to, to where Springfield is really, it's almost like Eugene and Springfield have flipped. Eugene is a shithole and Springfield is going in such great direction. So we're going to talk about how. And the know, Simpsons are part of that That is That is a fact. <laughs> so like every episode, we like to end it with a song. And so since Pat Miller is here, we always like to play a song from his band, Doppelgang. And they're out of commission at this point. Uh, <laughs> Way out of commission. Yeah, but it's a good treat because it's a much different style of music. And I'm going to try to convince him to get his stuff on Spotify so we can have it on the Spotify playlist. Yeah, we'll do that. And we'll work on that behind the scenes. But tell us a little bit about this song. Um, this is actually... Doppelgang was a group of studio musicians that came together in the 90s that just wanted to play. And we did all the festivals and all the stuff and blah, 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 blah. My personal twist is taking something that's familiar and then twisting it all upside down with the kind of instrumentation that we had. So we had an electric fiddle player, Brian Price, great guitar player, Frank uh, Sprouse, et cetera, et cetera. This is a, a Little Feet song um, that we messed with. It's called Two Trains Running that actually appeared on Lowell George's solo album, uh, Thanks I'll Eat It Here. So yeah, this is this is deep, deep, dark, and then we doppelganged it to death. So it's a whole different si- uh, style of, of music than uh, Little Feet. So. All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, for Pat, for coming on. I love it. So this is Doppelgang with Two Trains Running.
it drove me crazy. Lost my money and then it lost my mind. There'll be 